Hello, my friends, your buddy Phil here, project management trainer and coach. Today, we're going to talk about the exam and the difficulty that some of you have faced. This is especially for those of you who have reached out to me to say, Phil, I need help. I don't even know where to start. Don't worry. I understand. It's very difficult when you fail an exam to pick yourself up and get motivated again and all that. But I, I wanted to show you some ideas about how you should stay on track. You can download this plan that I've got here. This is a plan. It's free. Just click the PDF link and you'll be able to download it. But what I've done is I've gone through all the 35 tasks and I have put in here for you a reference to either the PMBOK Guide 6th Edition or the Agile Practice Guide. So as you're combing through the content, you'll know which chapters and which specific sections to hit. Okay. So for those of you that fail the process piece, this is what I would recommend. This right here, item 15, this is the beginning. The process piece, my friends, is all about integration management, wrapping around everything else. So if you have not mastered the concept of integration, you need to, and you need to do it quick before your next try so that you know exactly what integration does and how it wraps around the entire project and how it integrates everything. And I'm talking about knowing the details, not the high level stuff. You got to know the details. So let, let me make it clear. Look over here. It says develop project management plan and direct to manage project work. You got to know what those are about. It says execute the project with the urgency required to deliver business value. So you need to understand this is something that you would do earlier on. Once the project has been authorized, well, you need to decide how we're going to deliver business value. So this plan that I'm looking at here is based on the PMP exam content outline. So if you've not read the outline, I would recommend that you do know the enablers under each one for process. And you got to pay close attention to the subtleties. Let's go into one example. I'm going to open up the PMP exam content outline. To be quite honest, this is nothing new. Lots of you uh, already know where this outline is. Just Google PMP exam content outline, and it's going to come up with this outline. All right, here's the outline. So if you go to the people domain, this is where your trouble is. Uh, a big about the process domain. This is where your trouble is for lots of you who are failing process. So let's take a look. It says, assess opportunities to deliver value incrementally. Think about this. When do you do this? This is not something that the sales department does when they're pitching. This is something that comes after. A lot of times, the project charter is signed. And at that point, you then decide, how are we going to do this? Is it going to be agile? Going to be predictive? Going to be hybrid? And then it says, examine the business value throughout the project. Some of you don't understand the concept of value. And that's why some of the questions are hard for you. What is value? Value is a net quantifiable benefit that a product, service, or result adds to the customer. You could also say that the outcome of the project has to do with the value that it brings and the realization of the value. You see where I'm going? So you got to understand value, you got to understand benefits, and you got to understand outcome. When you understand those three, it then makes sense to do this, to execute the project with urgency. And this is really direct to manage project work when you think about it, right? But in order to get to executing the project, you got to plan. 
This next one says support the team to subdivide project tasks as necessary to find the minimum viable product. Now let's stop for a second because that's loaded. What do we mean by support the team? Who's that? It's you, the project manager. What are you doing? Subdividing project tasks. Watch. It didn't say subdividing the work package, even though it could mean that, but it said project tasks. Think about it. What you're trying to do here is find the minimum amount of functionality to put into a product increment or the minimum amount of anything that you need to do to glean if that product will fly in the marketplace. So what is the main goal of minimum viable products? Feedback. So take a look at this one. This, this is why it's hard for some people because if, if, if the PMI is doubling down and talking about all of these facets in one task, think about that. One, we've talked about the assessment of the Stacy model, which is page 14 in the Agile Practice Guide. And at the same time, we're talking about what happens after developing the project charter. We're talking about the concept of business value, which is on page seven and page 33. That whole concept of value, because we're talking about benefits, what is, what is value, net quantifiable benefits? Where do you find information about benefits? The benefits management plan, where are the benefits broken down in the guide, page seven, tangible and intangible. And you got to be familiar with this. Then it says, support the team to subdivide project tasks to find an MVP. So in one task, you have a combination of predictive and agile. And you could even say it's a kind of hybrid view because we're not necessarily saying it has to be agile or predictive, it could be hybrid. This is the level of attention, my friends. And guess what? This is something you would do on day 15. So if you go to my plan here, this is day 15. You gotta hit that one and to hit it, you got to go into the details, into these enablers. And this isn't even going that deep. This is just an example of your thinking flow, your thinking pattern, how you need to be thinking right there. See what I'm saying? This is what I need you to do for everything in process. I need you to go read up the relevant sections. I need you to understand things like chapter two and chapter three in the Agile Practice Guide. you got to understand the manifesto principles, the values, and then we're talking. And then if you haven't taken questions on this aspect, well, guess what? For those of you that have got the immersion book, you need to go to that specific task, which is task one in process, and you need to hit those example questions, and you need to make sure you understand that whole section. You see, this is the way to dominate on the exam. You gotta dominate process and you need to know it better than you ever did before. Let's take a look at the second one. The second one says manage communications. Now this is a very good example of how the titles can be misleading. They can be misleading because when you hear manage communications, you're probably thinking, oh, well, it's just talking about the managed communications process. Actually, it's not. This is talking about more than just the managed communications process. This is actually talking about 
everything in communications. You've got a plan, communications management, you've got to manage communications, then you've got to monitor communications, and then you've got to know what you're getting from each one of those processes. And then you need to know associated terminology that will help you. You see what I'm saying? Now, let me show you an example from way back when, let's go in our way back machine, and let's go to when PMI were generous, as generous as ever, to give you a bunch of questions. And one of these questions gives you the level of thinking that I would love for you to have before you go into the exam. You know what the level of thinking is? This level. This is a question written by PMI. This is not my question. This is one of the questions they put out back way back then. It says, during project execution, the project manager determines that communications fail to comply with the communications management plan. What should the project manager do? Do you see that? What should the project manager do slant? This is a process question. To answer this, my friends, you need to understand what the problem is. Well, the problem is communications isn't working. So A says, inform stakeholders that all information received is not part of the communications management plan. How does that even make sense? Your communications management plan should account for all the communications that needs to happen. See? So communications fails to comply with the plan. So this doesn't even make sense. Why would you say that? Why would you tell stakeholders, oh, all the information received is not part of the communications, communications management plan? That doesn't make sense. Second one says, practice structured informal communications as part of key milestones. This is not talking about practicing informal communications. This just says communications, whatever they are, fail to comply. So this is, is just irrelevant, right? This is not what the project manager should do. Practice informal communications. No, that's not solving the problem. Let's take a look at C. Refer team members to the communication management plan. So what's the problem? Communications are not complying with the communications management plan. Okay, who is communicating? Team members. Could that help? It could. Let's check the last one. Have team members review the project management plan. Well, having them review is not pointing them to what could help them. So PMI is telling you the best answer here is C. It is the project manager's responsibility to ensure the team is following the communications management plan. Do you see that spin on a question that is very short, but if you don't have your wits about you, you're going to struggle with it. Now, going back here, you can see that for day two, I have managed communications. So you obviously know that what I want you to do is hit the managed communications task in the outline. And then you've got to go into these. You see, this is what the immersion book does. It, it kind of immerses us into these enablers so that we become really good at the enablers. So let, let's read. Analyze communication needs of all stakeholders. You see how this ties into the question we just looked at? Stakeholders say it's not complying with the plan. Of course, this is something that is important to stakeholders. So how do you do this? Well, you first of all plan stakeholder engagement. And through planned stakeholder engagement, you're going to understand how to engage stakeholders with communication. That's part of it. 
And then you're going to understand through plan communications management what to communicate, why and when. So there's a tie as far as how planning communications and planning stakeholder engagement works. And then when you actually begin to communicate with stakeholders, you have managed stakeholder engagement, which is communicating and working with stakeholders. And then you have managed communications, which is just sending the communications that you had originally promised with an intent to satisfy what you had promised in the plan. When you communicate from a managed stakeholder engagement standpoint, you're communicating with, a, with an intent to engage. The second one says, determine communication methods, channels, frequency, and level of detail. These terminologies are not just for naught. Methods, push-pull interactive, channels, that concept of channels talked about, number of communication channels, right? The frequency, how often, and the level of detail. All this stuff, you got to pay attention to this terminology so that when you see it, it's not catching you by surprise. The next one says, communicate project information and updates effectively. Exactly what we looked at in the question. It wasn't effective. Effective means in compliance with the plan, and it was not. This one says, confirm communication is understood and feedback is received. You know what that's talking about? Send or receive a model. But you know what else you need to know? You need to understand how communication happens in the world of Agile. And in the world of Agile, we use osmotic communication concepts a lot. We use the information radiator. We use the concept of the fishbowl window. We use the concept of remote pairing. And there's so much stuff in Agile that we do. All of those events, all of those things we call events or ceremonies, all of those are vehicles for us to effectively manage communication. So when you're looking at task two, it's important that you're not just seeing task two from a linear predictive perspective. You've got to see it with all the arms and legs that it has spanning across not just predictive, but also agile. And the way we communicate in the world of agile is with transparency. We use a lot of transparency, inspection, adaptation, and that helps us communicate effectively. So when you communicate with the aid of a Kanban board or with the aid of color storyboard, or we talk about the whip limits, they are transparent. We're able to see them on the Kanban board. We know what they mean. It's a way we communicate. Osmotic communication is when you're communicating by osmosis, you're in the room, communication's happening, it's seeping in, it's absorbing into you. You see where I'm going with this, my friends. So when I have here, on the schedule that you need to spend a day, if possible, focusing on this. Because in this sheet right here, can you see that I have 40 days? Aha. So I need you to go in on it. You can see I've said chapter 10, and I've also referred you to page 94 of the Agile Practice Guide. This, my friends, is the level that I really need you to get into for your exam. The next time you take the test, you wanna make sure that no stone is left unturned. That's all I'm saying, okay? So if, if you unfortunately had a result that indicated you are below target, or maybe it was clear into needs improvement, that's all right, don't worry. Just remember this, it boils down to you fine-tuning your people, your process, and your business, okay? And in order to do this, we need to go in on this content 
pretty hard, pretty heavy. And that's why I have this timetable here. I also have the access to the PMP exam immersion so that you can get immersed into this concept of process. And guess what? The business, we also need you to go deep into this because business is becoming a troublesome area. We've been hearing about this over and over again. Okay. And at the end, you can see that we've got a people mock, a process mock, and a business mock all in that book. Okay. It's big, it's 600 pages, but you could section out, you can cordon off your trouble areas. So if process is the area that's giving you trouble, hone in on that. Business is the area that's giving you trouble, hone in on that. And if you feel that your study material is up to scratch, up to snuff, then just use this as a study aid, a study gauge and a study aid, right? Just make sure that you have meticulously, kind of you saw what I did, I kind of scaled it down. Well, you need to scale it up. You, you need to go even deeper. You need to ensure that every word is totally understood inside out, okay? I hope this is of help to you, my friends, but I, I really wanna stress if your uh, result looks anything like this and you're fretting and worrying and, and, and you're not totally uh, on board anymore with the exam and thinking that you're gonna, you're gonna stop working on this and, and you're just going to let it go. Don't do that, my friend. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I know it's not the, the most perfect exam. It has flaws. I, I know it can be annoying, but think about the payoff. When you get certified, after you get certified, think about that payoff. It's ridiculous. It's huge. All right. So I want you to hold on to that vision. Some of you need to understand people like me, like when I got certified, my salary level went up 300%. 300%. Think about that. Three times the amount of salary. And I'm not talking about in, in years. I'm talking about this was literal weeks. In weeks, I was making three times. Three times. It's crazy. I could tell you the whole story. If you watch my videos, you probably heard me talk about it before. But the PMP is a game changer. And I, I mean, I had a master's degree. So don't even say, well, if you had a degree. No, 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 no. The PMP exam is a game changer. It's a game changer. I know it's, it can be annoying. Yes, I know. But just ask anyone who stayed in there, overcame the failure and killed the exam. It's a lot of benefit from it, all right? So my friend, find that link, download that thing, and let's go deep. Let's go in on this stuff. And if you've got any questions about any of the enablers, I want you to drop me a comment below about the specific enabler, all right? Remember, you've got domains. Process is a domain. The enablers are these tiny little bullets and the tasks are these bold ones up here. All right. Your body feels signing off. If you found value from this, if this is kind of raise your spirits a little bit after this ridiculous test and the failure on it, hit me a, a comment in the chat. All right. A like and subscribe. You could do it anonymously. It's okay. But um, I, I, I want to know what your questions are about the way forward. I hope this gives you direction and I wish you all the best. Bye for now, my friends.